Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's our Southridge member podcast, helping people get the inside scoops on the life of our church. And uh, during this Hope Lives series, where we've started to dive in to the dynamic of advocacy, uh, we've got our action pastor himself, Nate Dirks, with us today. So, Nate, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. Uh, do you want to give us a bit of an update on how the pandemic is going in your house and your just family life these days? Oh yeah, it's perfect. We love the pandemic and it's just been great. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're What's it like to have little kids <laughs> in a pandemic, if not newborns? Yeah, we're in that realm for sure. We're, we've got, uh, we've got our three little boys and Malachi's five and Isaiah's a year and a half and, uh, Elijah's about four five months old now and so it's definitely hectic around the house not a lot of sleep but um the boys are the boys are wonderful they don't always sleep really well but they're also really like joyful and and busy and everything during the day so it's been a lot of fun we're we're gonna be interested to see how the whole winter goes being in a house together with uh crazy boys but uh if uh if the walls get all dinged up and everything like that it's it's gonna be worth it yeah interested that's a that's a nice neutral term to describe <laughs> cabin fever and stir crazy <laughs> yeah absolutely um you want to give us a bit of an update on your various ministry areas too what's the pulse in your world here at work yeah we, you know what it's been interesting because we've just sort of realized like i mean during you know the pandemic has been ongoing but um the the lifestyle of action we like to call it just is is ongoing as well and, and a pandemic uh, doesn't stop that and so it's just been interesting just to see all the different relationships that we have going on in our church community through our um through our action department and just the the ways that people have just been super creative in trying to continue to connect and just make things happen and and uh, just continue to be friends and and to rally around each other um with our friends through our uh, whether it's our, our migrant farm worker friends throughout the summer and what that's been looking like and and through our friends who've experienced homelessness, our friends in Welland. And there's just been so much going on that you almost can look down the line at just individual stories at how people are saying, well, we've got to be creative because this is this is a part of my life. And uh, it's just cool to see that, that people are are valuing these relationships and uh, to the degree that, yeah, that no matter what kind of what comes, uh, things that you don't expect, that they're going to still rally, be a part of it, and just continue to live that lifestyle in such a full way, which has been super encouraging to see. Yeah, I would agree. You know, when people say, oh, you know, what's it like to 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 have the church closed? Well, I tell them the church is far from closed. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends on what your definition of the church is. If your definition of church is an event you attend, then yeah, we're closed. If the definition of church is the incarnation of Jesus in people who are exuding lives of love, uh, we are far from closed. And certainly your umbrella of ministry, our, what we call our action department, uh, is, is the chief driver of that aspect of the way of life. And so it's been, been very cool to see. Uh, Nate, we're halfway through our annual Hope Live series. We listened to Drew Hart's talk uh, yesterday, which was fantastic. Uh, just by way of kind of getting us into this conversation, talk to us about why this series is so important every 12 months in the life of our church. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of it is, I mean, I would have alluded to even just what I just said, because I mean, our lifestyle of action of joining in relationship with people in our community 
is is the lifeblood of our church. It's just such a it's such a vital part of who we are, and it's just constantly being lived out. Uh, because of the Southridge community members who are living this out, and because of that, we need to be able to take a moment each year, at least, to be able to take a moment to be able to share about how is this growing and adapting in our understanding. Because people are living this out in such dynamic ways pandemic or not like people are on the ground in relationship and are learning and growing and because of that we need to be able to learn and grow and adapt as a church community to be informed by that and we want to be informed about how is this applying to the individual faith uh, lives of people in our church and what how they're seeing the bible and how they're responding to the person of jesus in their life in these relationships and as Jesus is revealing himself to them in new ways in these relationships, and we want to be able to adapt as a church to grow in that way as well and to say, here's what we're learning together. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how that adapts, how we do things as a program based on how people are living this out in relationship. And this series gives us a chance to pause, to sort of say, here are some things that we're learning and ways that we're adapting and, and ways that we're being informed in our relationships with Jesus by these relationships on the ground. And uh, let's pause and, and do that and name that in a specific way each year through this Hope Live series. Yeah, that's well said. I, I, I look at all of our programs as ways in which we foster this lifestyle of full devotion, we describe it. And the ways in which we foster that lifestyle are sometimes by stimulating it, but sometimes by expressing it. And so, you know, both in the input and in the output, you've got some people demonstrating in a series like this, how they're expressing that lifestyle in hopes that to all of us, and especially to others, it would help stimulate that lifestyle. And so to have that regular valve every year, where we can look at how are people expressing their lifestyle of action in a way that stimulates the rest of us for our lifestyle of action yeah. is a really compounding kind of groundswell that uh, on a yearly basis is very important to the to the life of our church for sure, but to the life of our faith individually as well. Well, absolutely. And I appreciate that. And one of the things I mean, I appreciate what you're saying there too is, is I hope that, that our church community recognizes that, that that there's a responsiveness to, you know, what lead church leadership and what we're, we're doing, you know, on, in terms of the series that are coming out that, that, you know, whether or not your particular story or the ways that we celebrate stories, even in Hope Lives, the way that we do this is being, is coming out of what you are doing. So for all of those folks in our community who, this is, who, who are living that out, this is a response to you. And whether your name is being mentioned there or not, we're just, we appreciate that. And like you said, we don't want it just to feel like, it's for challenging people who haven't necessarily been involved in these ways. We definitely want that to happen. But we do also want to be able to sort of honor and and, and show like, hey, like for all of our folks, we're living this out. This is in response to you. And, and we appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, a series like this, I mean, I'm sure other churches do series from time to time on compassion and justice related things. But how does this series and the annual nature of this series help Southridge operate very differently than most churches? Hmm. Yeah, I know. That's a good question, right? Like there's, there's different ways that, that Southridge operates that's, that maybe does feel a little bit different. I think part of how this works for us is the fact that like this series is, is hopefully a chance for us on a Sunday morning or like whatever is the hour of the week that people are tuning in during COVID, like to provide a brief window into the life of our church that's being lived out all week long. The things that we've already been alluding to that this this sort of contributes to showing 
that the life of our church is very much a day by day throughout the week on the ground life. And I think it contributes to that, to being able to, to name that. It contributes to that, hopefully being able to, to help to keep shaping that, to say, guys, this is what we're all about. You know, every day, rain or shine, COVID or no COVID, that hopefully Hope Lives reminds us that we're all about being inspired together through our services for sure, but being inspired to live out what God has for us in the community, in, the, in these relationships, in the awareness that grows from them, and that he wants us... Uh, the ways that God wants to encounter us through those people who may be from different backgrounds than our own, um, but who are uniquely reflecting God's image in ways that we don't see if we don't go out and get to know them or walk alongside them. And I think that that just sort of speaks to the, to, yeah, to the, the consistency of our, our church community of life in the life of our community. It's not just a big deal for uh our church as a whole, Hope Lives is also a big deal for your action ministry specifically. So when I think about your department, Nate, what, what does this series most help accomplish uh, in your world? Yeah, I mean, for sure, we, you know, we want to be able to encourage people who are participating in this lifestyle to say that, you know, let's talk about this and let's celebrate and share stories. For, so for sure, for me, there's an encouragement factor that goes into so many people who I really appreciate in our community. And, and hopefully it feels encouraging, feels that we're that you know we're noticing and responding, um, and I also hope that it equips. It's it, part of it is to be able to say, let's equip it with some things that kind of come out of what we're doing. But sometimes just putting language to that really helps in the equipping and solidifying um, as we learn and teach each other. And I think that hopefully the equipping is is a big part of it as well. And for me as well, I mean, in 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 my area of ministry, I, I we, we've been already alluding to this, but we just really want to inspire our entire church community to not just appreciate that our, our community is the way that it is and lives with compassion and justice as a focus. But we want to be able to say, don't just appreciate that, live that out, that this is for you. This is for every single person. And we want you to be a part of this. And so hopefully this series raises that awareness where um, maybe in ways that that it, it ha- we haven't been able to, to do that throughout the year, maybe this is the thing that's going to sort of mobilize a few people who just need to hear it in this way to say, you know what, this is for me. I, I, I feel a bit uncomfortable right now. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I need to, to step up and do something. And, and I really hope that this series will actually make that happen for, for specifically yeah. people who are listening right now and who, who hear the series. Um, for this year's Hope Live series, our leadership has kind of gone into it with a collective sense of where God wants to lead us specifically in this season Nate, where did this theme of advocacy or the advocacy for systemic change come from? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been a growing um, sort of a level of awareness for us as leaders and for individuals in our church community. And for some folks who would say, yeah, I've been feeling this and living this out for years and others who are saying it's kind of growing for me. But I think sort of where it's come from really is that, we find ourselves that we, you know, in, in some ways, you know, in St. Catharines, we're kind of further down the road in terms of the number of years that we've been investing in, in growing in relationship and learning and hearing from our friends who've experienced homelessness. We have these deep friendships and where we've been able to sort of not only get to know people and mutually support each other, but begin to sort of see what are some of the things that impacted my friend that led them to some of the challenges that they're now experiencing. And now we're starting to, you know, we're, 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 we, we continue to experience that in St. Catharines and we've been experiencing that in Vineland in, in similar ways where we have a lot of folks who are connected deeply in relationship, 
with migrant farm workers and, and not only, you know, maybe in years past wouldn't have really known what that was all about, but now when they think of migrant farm workers, they're thinking of names, they're thinking of, of, of specific friends and how they've gotten to know them. And now in the, those relationships, it's grown to the fact where it's the same way. It's cycled back to that same question of saying, huh, it's interesting. I reached out to this person sort of realizing maybe there was a need. Now I don't see this person as a need. This is just my friend. But I also realize that there are some some challenges that they're experiencing. Where, where is that coming from? And how are they continuing to experience that? And same thing in Welland as we're growing in our in our kitchen programming and our Southridge kitchen programming with our friends there. It leads into the same questions of, of these friendships and how why is this happening? And, and in those friendships, I think it just sort of sticks with us where, and in a lot of people in our community to say like, well, I, I would actually like to speak into this so that it just doesn't keep happening. They don't, that my friend isn't continually experiencing similar challenges and that others aren't, aren't receiving that as well. And so based out of those friendships, the idea that, okay, what are the systems at place? You know, whether it's political or social or cultural, or even like religious and spiritual, what are some of those things that are that our friends are experiencing that we need to actually step in and say, let's let's go walk alongside them and help to try to change those systems, help to try to change that impact. And we realize that that this is a moment where we need to say that the time is right now to do that, to be able to spend our privilege wisely, so to speak, and actually walk alongside our friends and make a difference. And, uh, and I think that that's just a, a high value for us that we're realizing we need to name. Yeah, I opened the series, you'll remember, uh, kind of quoting the story that you tell of the, the metaphor of the, the person on the side of the river, you know, noticing someone struggling and drowning and reaching out in compassion and kind of supporting them or rescuing them, only to notice another person floating down the river, struggling to, to stay afloat and reaching out and rescuing them. And then another person and, you know, it's one thing to be consistently helping people who are drowning in the river, but at some point you, you look upstream and you say, what's going on upstream that's causing all these people to be drowning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, for me, I, I feel like it's that image, that metaphor that you've provided that has us really taking a different view from our typical friendship makes the difference lifestyle of compassion to say, no, what, what are the underlying systems here that, could really affect the level of challenge that our friends have to face and endure every day. Mm-hmm. And can we make a difference in that out of love as well? So uh, I've been really excited about this series. I, I guess my final question would be, you know, beginning with the end in mind, Nate, what are you hoping that Southridge looks like as a result of this year's series focus? Yeah, I mean, like dreaming big, like if I get to dream big on that, then I mean, what I hope it looks like is that every single person in our church community feels like this is for them. That advocacy, that accompaniment, that being able to be together in this conversation with friends who are experiencing it is actually not just something that we value, but it's something that we individually live out. We live it out as a community, and that's great. But we're going to continue to live this out as a community when every single person who's hearing this is saying, yeah, like this is something that I want to take the next step in. And uh, and I think that we just want to make sure that that challenge is happening and that we can look around the community and say, yep, yeah, we're all in this together. We don't just all appreciate this together, but we're all actually in this together. And then for me, that in these friendships that... Um, that every person who's doing these things, who's, who's participating in the friendship, not only is being changed themselves, because that's one of the things that's going to happen, and that they and their friendship, and that's going to be a growing thing, but that in that friendship, that we'd be able to say, to be responsive to our friends, 
you know, they're to, as in, in the ways that they're the hero of their own story, that we'd walk alongside them and say, how can I support, you know, them in helping to actually make a difference and change these systems? And I think that in those things, participating together and in that participation, actually making that difference so that other people don't get negatively impacted in the same ways. I would love to see our church community just growing in that way. And I just, I really do feel like that's possible, but it just takes responsiveness from every person. And, and that's really the word, isn't it? That, that it's possible. I, I think for a lot of us as individual people, we may not see ourselves personally as capable of affecting a system. Right. You know, and, and the, the whole hope in this series is to realize what individuals and what banded together individuals and what communities like ours of ordinary people can do to affect systems that have systemic impact on marginalized people and actually change the game uh, that many of our friends who suffer in oppressive and unjust ways uh, have to endure on a daily basis. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I know that when we launched into this year's uh, ministry season and back in September, we talked about this, we approached the, the, the conversation of advocacy with some con with some caution. Um, Talk about why advocacy is more of a polarity to manage, Nate, than just a problem to solve. What do we have to What do we have to manage there? Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Um, a great question. I feel like that because there are. I mean, I mean, it's it's probably as simple as this. Like there are helpful and unhelpful ways to advocate, and we need to find the right balance, the the right speed, the right method, and and that can that's going to be very different in different ways, but. Like advocacy often comes across as divisive or comes across in divisive ways. And that's unhelpful. That misses the point. If, if advocacy is coming across in ways that are dividing us, then we're, we're not actually going to be able to make the difference that we're wanting to actually make. And to me, I think one of the underlying like, things that, that we need to recognize is the fact that advocacy should be inherently unifying, that if it's done well and in relationship then we're actually working to change systems together in multiple forms of relationships. And in that way, we're raising awareness and we're brokering relationships because it's when we're advocating for things and we just think of it as like just the impersonal systems around us. Yes, there are systems around us, but it's people that contribute to systems and it's in individual relationships that are changed and awareness is raised there that we slowly are able to change those systems. We need to realize that systems are built by people and are of people. And so you have to be unifying in the way that you're doing that. And in that way, if we're thinking of it as sort of like, okay, how do we manage the polarities of this? The, I want to make a difference. I want to rush ahead. I want to do this. But also realizing if I just rush ahead and do this on my own and do it in a divisive way, then I've lost what I'm actually trying to do. And that's not actually going to be, uh, it's not going to be helpful. It, it has to be unifying. It has, and we have to manage both sides of that. Knowing that back in September, we talked about fighting for unity being as important as God's heart for fighting for justice. What would you say to the justice advocate who feels like unity is just catering to things like power and privilege? Yeah. I mean, the thing is that unity is actually trying to influence people with power and privilege to join in. And I think it's one of those things, again, if we can start to, to personalize the people that are a part of this conversation, we, you know, we, we, 
we want to start by personalizing our friends who we want to advocate alongside with. We want, you know, we want to like what we're partially trying to do here is is help the the powers that be and and people in these conversations to personalize our friends who are often overlooked. Like that's huge, absolutely, and let's fight for that. But I think that one of the things that starts to happen is that we depersonalize the people in in pl- positions of power and privilege, and the idea is not that we want to cater to them or to what they're you know what's being represented in power and privilege. But we want to, what we want to do in advocacy is invite and challenge and to invite and challenge to, to bring change. And that means that we actually need to not just play roles that burn bridges with the people, uh, with people in positions of power and privilege, but actually to invite them into becoming a part of the accompaniment. We need to be consistent in our witness as followers of Jesus as well. We need to be able to to be consistent in the ways that we're dismantling and uh, and the, these sort of systems of privilege. And we need to wisely and freely spend our own privilege in doing that. Uh, but we need to help others to do that as well. And we and if we're kind of again burning those kind of bridges, and if we're there, to sort of raising the the just trying to 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 be in the faces or in the in the face of power and privilege, then we're not actually inviting the people or the systems of power and privilege to participate. And it's such a tricky balance. And I do realize that, but there's nothing weak about that, and there's nothing that's actually um, false about that. It's actually speaking the truth in love, which is an incredibly strong way to live. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do, um, but it's something that we're called to, and I, I really do strongly feel like that is something that we need to, to realize as, as advocates of justice. Let's, let's push on ahead and be strong in that, but let's not actually um, just do so where, where we're kind of forgetting that we're actually inviting people uh, in those spaces to participate as well. It's not catering to, but it's actually inviting, and I think that's important. Yeah, and to me, I feel like it's, it's appreciating just how fully both those values are to the heart of God. Like God values justice so extremely and he values unity so fully. So it's, it's not a compromise of one or the other. Absolutely. The two are related. A lack of unity leads to injustice in the long term. And just as the, the same way injustice breaks relationships and harms people in communities and leads to lack of unity. Like the justice and unity are both worth fighting for, and they actually advance the cause of each other. It's I think that's important for us to to live that out. Uh, Nate, every Hope Lives series seeks to provide our people with some very specific and tangible next steps, um, encouraging a greater degree of advocacy. W- what are you hoping people would do? I'm hoping that, first of all, that regardless of where you're at in this conversation, that you'd realize that there's a next step to take. So that's something that, we, that I want to just say that this is for everybody. And so if you're already a part of the conversation, and in when I mean a part of the conversation, I mean, if you're already living in, in relationship with, with our friends who are, have experienced marginalization, if you're already in those relationships, that there, there are next steps to take to be able to live out in further uh, degrees of advocacy for our friends. Be a friend and live in mutual uh, relationship with each other. And then also start to dig deeper and say, how are, am I f- accompanying my friend in t- changing the systems that have, have caused them to experience challenge? So that's one thing. And if you aren't in this conversation, um, in what I mean by that is if you're not in relationship with our friends who have experienced marginalization, experience homelessness, uh, our migrant farm workers, and in various uh, ways within our community, then 
we, I just can't overemphasize that this is about you. This is about you stepping into those relationships because not only do, I mean, not only is this, do I firmly believe that this is for you and that this is something that God wants you to actually experience and grow from and learn from. Uh, and not only is this for the person that, that God might be calling you into relationship with, but this, this is the, for both of you together to be making a larger difference, which as we said earlier, like it is actually possible. And you, I want you to be a part of that. You know, we, we know what it's like to experience that. And there's so many people in our community who, who can speak to that and what that feels like and how that's informed their faith. And I want the, I want to experience that to a greater degree myself. And if I would like to encourage everybody to, to be a part of that too. So step into that and, and we can help to make that happen. Nate, not to steal the thunder from your message this Sunday, but you you introduced this term accompaniment instead of just advocacy. Talk about that, because I think that's a significant piece of this year's series. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and we start with a, with the language of advocacy because it's familiar, and we want to be able to sort of dig into that and what does that look like and, and and everything. But absolutely, for us to be able to segue into the language of accompaniment, I think is huge, and that's something that's been a learning experience and process for me from some of my friends who um, who are further along in some ways in this journey in walking alongside our friends uh, who have experienced marginalization. There's people who, in sort of an advocacy realm, would say, "Let's use this language instead," because one of the main reasons is, in some ways, advocacy, you know, both, both are, 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 are words of action, of saying, let's do something together. Let's make a difference together. That's great. Language of advocacy can sometimes just come across as, I will come, you know, I'm going to step in and make a difference, and I'm going to be the hero in this story, and I'm going to change it all and, and, and everything. And the impetus to do something is great, but the impetus to try to be the hero is, is going to be less helpful for our friends uh, in this situation. But the language of accompaniment, I think, is so dynamic because it offers us the opportunity to realize there are people who know more about this than, than we do because they're experiencing it. And the idea that they know more and that we should learn from them and see what they're feeling, what they're learning, what they're doing, and actually partner with them to say, okay, I need to actually have that humility to learn from them, to hear from them, and then to say, okay, I'm willing to follow you to, to do this together. For me, it, it helps to realize our friends are the heroes of their own stories, and man, we need to get along and, and on board with them, and that's actually going to be the most effective, and it's the most God-honoring and relationship-honoring way to live as, an, as accompaniers uh, with our friends. And what's a practical step I can take or someone listening can take to start to experience a greater degree of accompaniment? Well, practical steps that we can take is, is first of all, to actually start um, paying attention to, to the needs around us. And so being, being more responsive ourselves. And so I think that we need to be able to realize that, um, you know, in some ways, we sometimes need to, to realize that we may have been hearing things and realizing there are things happening around us, but without actually saying, okay, wait, what does this actually mean for me right now in, in our community? What is this? What am I hearing about what's happening, you know, here in Niagara and around the world? What are the things that are happening but that I may not have actually personalized yet. And just being able to sort of invite um, or, or take that opportunity to learn more and to hear more and then to step into the relationship and say, okay, if, if I'm going to be in this relationship or if I already am in, in it, um, how do I be more responsive to what, what this friend of mine is doing or these friends in my community are doing or learning? And how instead of maybe thinking that I'm the person who knows the most in the room, how do I actually listen well and then respond with action uh, that's 
that that aligns well with what our friends um, would be experiencing or working towards. And that definitely takes work. It te- takes a lot of listening, uh, and it actually takes the you know the courage to to respond well to that. Um, even if we feel like we know better, no, let's 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 accompany well by listening better and then responding that way. Uh, Nate, the Hope Live series always paints a picture for what our church could look like in the future. Where do you see Southridge in five years as a result of embracing a lifestyle of advocacy through accompaniment? And what I'd like to see is that there's that there's changes in sort of in individual lives in our community uh, that we'd be able to look around at each other as as um, as Southridge members and and be able to sort of say like I, I'm being I've been transformed by the journey that we're on right now. I can see that I live differently in regards to um, how I vote or how I uh, ask questions of our you know of, of our political systems. How I ask questions of my um, of the of the privilege that I'm living in that you know that we'd actually be able to see tangible ways on a daily basis that we're living uh, in our homes and in our community, and I would also hope that we're we're able to look around as a Southridge Church uh, in in our Southridge Community Church in in these next five years and be able to say we've actually been able to be drivers of systemic change happening right here in Niagara in ways that we we can already see some of that happening through our uh, through our longest term. Um, anchor cause in, in our shelter community and sort of the ways that things are, you know, happen differently uh, responding to, to homelessness in the Niagara region. And we want to see more of that. And we want to see that happening in our other locations as well. And seeing some of those systems and, and ways that our friends are being impacted them, being cha- by them being changed uh, and realizing actually we've been able to be a part of that, which I think is a real, a real privilege and takes some work, but I could see happening. Hmm. Uh, Nate, any final encouragements or challenges to those of us listening when it comes to making the absolute most of this Hope Live series? Yeah, yeah, I would say that for us to be able to uh, to really make the most of it, don't let this series feel like it's about or for someone else. This series is for you. Uh, join in relationship through our action department. And if you already are in relationship with people um, from across our, our anchor causes, if you're already in relationship, then feel free to start um, conversations about how you can push towards more of an accompanying role through these friendships. I mean, that, that primarily starts in the relationships that you're in, but also being able to ask other other volunteers and other um, staff, myself included, what can that look like for, for me to be able to take a greater step towards making these kind of differences that you're telling me are possible? So what, what can I do to do that? Because there are some very specific things that you can actually do, whether it's with our, our migrant worker, migrant farm worker friends, whether it's our friends who experience homelessness, our friends in Welland connected to our Southridge Kitchen programming, um, and uh, and even in relationship with our with our Indigenous community, that there's ways that we can actually step forward. So it's don't let this series feel like it's about somebody else. This is about you. Awesome. I hope that's an encouragement to all of us as we continue in these last couple weeks of Hope Lives. Nate, we're looking forward to your message on Sunday and to hearing some stories in week four. And uh, in the meantime, let's be really encouraged and challenged to dig in, do what Nate said, apply this to ourselves as we continue this journey personally and together of finding our way. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you again next week. 